The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? We always say, be your own guru. Exactly. Like, that's that's the message, right? Like, and then through that, we're informing people with different ideas and tools to form their own toolkit to then go off and prosper, whatever that looks like for them. It's like, we're not here to tell you how to be. There's zero one size fits all. So like, let's all get that really straight because I think the biggest problem and what I would guess like what you're probably rubs you the wrong way as with us is that there's all these people out there saying they have the answer. Nope. If someone says they do, then you should automatically be questioning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because the answer for me won't be the same answer for you guys. But it is exciting to hear about what worked for you. And that kind of can help inform the landscape of like what's available. I think what's more important than getting the answer is seeking it. Mm, Yeah. The journey. (laughs) That was a quick clip from this week's episode with Elizabeth and Stephanie from the That's So Retrograde podcast. We did a fun little swap for you guys. We're both on the same network and we figured it was time. We are diving into so many different topics from, you know, what it's like to be a podcaster to our own individual wellness journeys. And I kept this episode uncut. I usually just clean it up a little bit. I don't ever make major cuts, but I decided that for this episode specifically, I was going to leave it uncut because there's just too many moments that were so great. One of which um, right below Dear Media and it took me months to figure this out, is the Hollywood police station where I have been several times. Um, But there's like, we had to stop for a second for a helicopter. And that's normally something that I would cut and then we'd restart. But I decided to just leave it in there for fun. But yeah, so this is just a fun kind of lighthearted episode. And I hope that you guys enjoy it. If you do, please let me know. Share this. It really helps me so much when you guys share podcast episodes that you love on social. And if you want to join our Facebook group, please do. It's just facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash recovering from reality. We recorded this episode back right before um, the shelter and in place orders were ordered here for California. And it's funny because it was right after the first retrograde of 2020. And so we dove into that a little bit on this episode, but we went into the studio and the studio is like this tiny room for three hours to record. And when we came back out, the entire offices had cleared out and we were like, where'd everyone go? And our producer was like, oh, we just got an email that everyone's being sent home because of COVID. And I remember walking through the hallways. It was like eerie 
how empty it was. And then on my drive home, I was like, maybe I should go to the grocery store. And I've never seen Erwan so crazy before. No toilet paper, barely any food. And I was like, oh, shit's about to get real here. All right. Well, that's my little funny story. And I'm sending love to you guys. And I hope you enjoyed this lighthearted episode. I don't take any notes, you guys. I wing it. Perfect. Same. I just like wing the whole I thing. Like three people notes come for in. You. <laughs> this, is, this is my whole notes for your episode. I did a podcast a few weeks ago. Are you rolling? I did a podcast a few weeks ago, and you can leave this in, Brian. Where sometimes people like to hear like the background, like what's going on. I always like that when I listen to shows. Yeah. It feels like you're just like in the room with someone. You're in the room with us, guys. Yeah. I did a podcast. She came out with a freaking computer. Filled with notes, a whole intro that she did in front of me. I was like, this oh, is another level. When people are like, can you send us a document with your questions in advance? We're like, Shh, we're like, we, uh, what? Don't, we don't do that. <laughs> we'll be so figuring sorry. those out ASAP. I do, you know what I do now, though, for my guests? I say, if there's anything you want to speak about specifically, please send it in advance along with a bio yeah. and a headshot. Yeah. Yes. That, that keeps my life. Hi, can you do the work for me? For me? <laughs> I am No, busy. but it's like, how many people at this point... You guys have heard the intro, so you know that I'm sitting down with Stephanie and Elizabeth from That So Retrograde podcast. How many emails a day do you get with submissions? Mine is insane. So many. That's been something of 2020, like a new practice, because I used to work in PR, so I understand Mm. kind of the chain of command when a client is like, I want to be on podcasts. We're going to put together a list. Then it's the PR person's job to reach out, and then the client's like, hey, what's up with the podcast? So it's their job to follow up. And like, I understand that system. But what I've had a huge thing for me was like, their urgency is not my own. And it's actually not my job to respond if it's not the right fit. Like it's, if if I did that, then that would be the full-time job right there. And out of, like, I respect that process and all that, but like, we have our own specific way of finding guests and it's always very serendipitous and anytime we kind of veer away from that it just doesn't feel as magical in the episode so it's just what works for us I'm still so let's see we're on this week's episode was number 60 that went out and so I'm still hitting all my like ideals like where I sent out to them you know what I mean and so like I'm not even at a place yet where I'm really in the acceptance mode there have been a few times Kelsey Patel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great episode. It hasn't aired yet. It might have aired by the time this goes out, but she's just such a gem. So there are those moments. Yeah. And she's where probably I'm, vetted for you because you know that we love her and is our dear my friend. My PR person's, yeah. Like yeah. she's been on all these podcasts. Yeah. She's an experienced podcaster. She's great. I'm an experienced podcaster, not even wearing my freaking <laughs> headphones right now, you guys. That's how experienced I am. And <laughs> I can't even get it to like go the right way. Your yeah. haircut looks really I'm great, here. by the way. I've been meaning to tell you. Thanks. Yeah, how I was feel? just wondering how thick your hair is. My hair is so thick. Yeah. So I go to this guy, Sal Sal Hair. He is like the genius for thick haircuts. Mm-hmm. He owns Nova Art Salon. Shout out to Sal. He'll never give me a discount. I pay $375 per freaking haircut. For a haircut? For a haircut. Girl. But he's changed my life. He's right. changed the health and the overall. I have extremely thick, long, curly, curly ass hair. And so it's so hard for me to ever, I could never pull off a short haircut before Sal. And so I'm really grateful for him because 
He changed my life. I don't think I'll ever have long hair again. I'll throw in extensions here or there, but like, I'm not about that like short, um, long hair life ever again. I also feel like 2020 was my year where I was so ready to just strip down all the bullshit and cutting my hair off. Like I always hid behind my hair. Like I only thought I'd be pretty if I had really long, thick, like luxurious locks. Which you had. Like that was my idea. Like my cover art was like, that's like what pretty is. So for me to just chop it all off was kind of like this moment of, oh my God. And then I also committed to only wearing makeup two to three times a week. And that was another huge thing for me because like not even BB cream, like not even like nothing. Like I'm like, I'm just putting oil on my face the vast majority of days of the week. So that was a huge thing for me. Anyway, well, you have this, great is, skin, this isn't a podcast about me. It's a podcast <laughs> about you guys. So um, can we just talk about the retrograde that just ended? Because holy hell. It was a real motherfucker. Wow. Elizabeth <laughs> got her car stolen out of her garage. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. It was a real doozy. Yeah. Real kick in the dick, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a kick in the dick moment for sure. When yeah. you like wake up and you're like, where's my car? I know I left it here. Oh. Yeah, I know I gone. parked it in the driveway. Where are my keys? Where's my oh, car? But fuck. we talked about this on the show. My neighbor has surveillance set up and kind of what the run of events was, I dropped my keys when I was taking the garbage cans out. And based off of where I positioned the garbage cans, which I had them blocking my car in the driveway, the cans were on the surveillance where they were placed. So this guy walked down the street at 4.30 in the morning, picked the keys up, and then off frame, you see kind of lights going off. So he's trying to identify which Which car it was. And then he pulls it out and the trash cans are blocking it. So then he gets out of the car and is moving the trash cans and then moves full into the surveillance frame. So that was the only reason how I was able to inform what happened. So it felt like this weird kind of synced up serendipitous thing, even though it's awful and a really shitty situation. But at the same time, had I not had that information, I just woke up and I was like, I can't find my keys. I can't find my car. What the fuck? Yeah. So. Well, so, but retrograde kind of worked in your favor too, because a lot of the time people talk about how it affects technology and all of that stuff. And so I thought you were going to tell me that their surveillance footage didn't work because retrograde. And I was going to be like, oh no, that's that would have been brutal. Since we're diving into wellness on this podcast episode, we can't talk about wellness without talking about food. I mean, let thy food be thy medicine. Am I right? That's where Sakara comes in. This week I tried Sakara and I was thoroughly impressed. Sakara is a nutrition company that believes that wellness begins with what you eat. Their signature nutrition program brings the transformational power of plant nutrition into your home in the form of fresh, plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals made with organic ingredients and powerful superfoods. Each meal is expertly designed to boost immunity, improve energy, support gut health and digestion, and get you that glowing skin from hearty salads and nutrient dense granolas to savory flatbreads and seasonal fruit parfaits their ever-changing menu of creative chef crafted meals makes clean eating delicious 
I was so impressed with the variety of food that they provided for me. I mean, it was delicious. And I found out that with eating Saqqara, you can get or ingest over 400 different ingredients in a single week. All of Saqqara's meals are 100% plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and non-GMO. As you guys know, I steer more to the paleo side because of my gut healing um, that I've been doing for the last several years. But Saqqara made my life so easy this week. All I had to do to meal prep was add a little bit of grilled fish on top of a salad and I was good to go. In addition to their delicious meals, Saqqara also offers daily essentials like supplements supplements and herbal teas to complete your wellness routine and support your overall vitality. To boost immunity, try their best-selling daily probiotic blend or their detox water drops with pure chlorophyll. And right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off their order when they go to Saqqara.com slash reality or enter code reality at checkout. That's Saqqara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash reality to get 20% off your order. Saqqara.com slash reality. You know those things you are too embarrassed to talk about when it comes to dating? Like when to say I love you, how to define the relationship. Well, We Met at Acme touches upon all of those subjects and more, and we get right into it with our guests and talk about their dating lives and also what not to do when it comes to dating because we're all kind of confused together. So you can tune in every Sunday to We Met at Acme and maybe you can learn a thing or two while I learn a thing or two. That was the first retrograde of 2020. And I heard someone say something that I thought was really cool. So for me, it's interesting as someone who grew up manifesting my whole life, basically, like since I was little, my mom just has always instilled that in us. And what's that new test everyone's doing? I'm curious what you guys, human design. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a manifester. What are you? We're both manifest generators. Oh, I'm a manifest generator too. So there you go. So it's kind of interesting, but I always just kind of let Mercury and retrograde like take me by the balls. <laughs> I always feel like it was like choking me against the wall and like what making me you? surrender. I'm a Gemini on the cusp of Cancer. Well, that's probably why you feel it more too, because Mercury rules Gemini. I'm I'm so fucking sensitive to it, yeah. you guys. Yeah. And so, but someone said something so profound, like those moments that happen where it's like shit. It's like that's just it. Just wasn't what what was meant for you, and you have to be willing to let that go. And so I kind of this retrograde took it as like a positive thing. Like, okay, no one's getting back to me. I have these huge deals that are in the works and no one's emailing me back. And I'm like, it's not my time. Yeah. Well, we always say that it's an opportunity to, we talk about like the re and retrograde and it's a great opportunity to reevaluate, reassess, realign the re's. I love that. And so we always have tried to speak on it in like a positive way and have it not feel heavy or scary. Um, that being said, but like, yeah, there's things that are out of your control, but it's also like, how do you deal with those things? You know, like she could have taken the experience of getting her car stolen and all that shit in a really like negative spiral, stressy, horrible way, or just like dealt with it in the way that you need to, which is like, okay, make all the phone calls, just handle it. And I think that's sort of the test more so than the test itself is like, how do you react? How are you 
navigating the challenges. And then when the challenges are less intense, you're equipped to deal with those because you went through a harder time. So I feel like it is a positive thing, although it's very annoying and it's like comical. Like there's, I had a thing the other day where it was like every little level of thing that could have gone wrong. And I was just sitting there like, LOL, like I can't even be stressed about this because there's literally nothing that I could do. So from what I understand, when you guys started this podcast, so I love it that you guys are like OG podcasters who started before podcasts were even a thing. We invented I'm, podcasting. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> we <laughs> manifest well generated it. <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess so. Whose idea was that? Like, hey, let's start a podcast. It wasn't either of our ideas. Elizabeth had gotten an opportunity um, through, I guess I'll let you speak on that. I'm trying to think like it's this funny trail of events. So I used to style YouTube talent. And then one of the YouTubers that I worked with got a pilot order from E. The production company that was doing that pilot, a friend of mine from that I'd known since elementary school, started working there to start a digital department. So they were really forward. They were like, we want to create like a podcast network within this production company. She came to me after she knew that I was styling this TV show. She's like, what ideas do you have? And then it kind of blossomed from there. And so it happened all very beautifully and synced. And then it was really inspired off of the conversation Stephanie and I were already having and brought Steph in. And then it just like blossomed and really solidified out of it was happened so naturally. And it almost like in looking back, it was like this little beautiful like puzzle piece of a trail. You both are clearly creative geniuses because the branding is that's just what I put so on my hinge fucking, profile it's so epic <laughs> and then people go what makes you a creative genius and I go it's a larger conversation I mean, yeah. you're like I've just created an entire brand that's like so perfect the new branding that you guys have just started to put out I'm obsessed oh thank oh, you thanks. I love it it's just like a little bit of an elevation yeah it's like we, we grew up we graduated yes yeah I, I changed my cover art four times in the last year so hey, <laughs> we'll, I, we'll I, I'm a huge proponent of switching it up often. And also, yeah. if you had seen the cover art that we had when we first dropped, it was literally like weird gray, like typeface, and then just a like picture a Saturn. of Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, that'll do. And I then every photo it, we used was like a black and white selfie that we had taken. Like, because this wasn't, you know, the only podcast that I had, I had like started podcasts in the comedy world, like everyone was doing that back then, but nobody was doing it like for real. Right. It was like very not, Serious. And I think that it's okay. I think it's so important. I think having everything dialed in, people want to do that before they start it. And I always want to offer the idea of just starting it and letting it find its way. You are going to end up changing something a million times over anyway. Yeah. So, And the hardest part is just jumping off and doing it. So like get that out of the way and then you can dial it in and elevate the look of it as you go. My first 15 episodes were so cringe, you guys. Like, we didn't air our first 15 episodes. <laughs> we did 11 episodes before we ever started. Yeah. And then also our sound was all fucked up. Like all of these, you know, technical issues, which were very retrograde if you think about it. <laughs> Someone <laughs> so once told on us, brand. someone was like, once like, I forget what astrologer they were, but they were like, you know, it's interesting that you've chosen to use the word retrograde in the title because it's going to like haunt you. <laughs> and we're just like, it's fine. It's worth the joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. We it's don't care. Yeah. I can't talk to you guys about wellness without talking to you guys about Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition has honestly been a game changer for me. I was not a huge fan of CBD products until I tried Cured. And I think it's because of the attention to detail and quality products that they have put together that makes all of the difference. They are a Colorado proud company 
right here in the USA. They use local sourcing and seriously, an attention to detail that is just so profound. And I think that that's what makes all of the difference. They have a variety of different products. I'm such a huge fan of their Zen nighttime blend because getting a good night's sleep for me is such an important thing. It includes different adaptogen mushrooms actually to help you get a restful night's sleep. They also have a Rise blend, which has those amazing adaptogen mushrooms in it and then also B vitamins. So that's like a morning and night combination. They have tinctures, gel caps, salves, and even dog treats, which was huge when my little puppy Sailor had to go under for a procedure. She ended up having cancer and we gave her those dog treats during the recovery and she absolutely loved them. CBD is most commonly incorporated into wellness regimes to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and reduce the body's stress load. As you guys probably know, CBD is non-psychoactive, so you can receive the benefits of this amazing plant without getting high. Right now, you can go to curednutrition.com and enter code Alexis25 at checkout for 25% off your order of 50 or more. That's Alexis25 at checkout for 25% off your order of $50 or more at curednutrition.com. So you guys started so early and now you've grown into this whole brand, which I love. And you guys made a big shift because initially, from what I understand, the podcast was just supposed to be about astrology. In like the planning phase. And phase. then like as we came to, then we knew the first episode was going to be out. About retrograde because it was just like in the cultural lexicon. And then we had mentioned a tweet that Steph had written like years before that she said, that's so retrograde. And then we were like, wait, that's not the first episode title. That's the title of the entire show. So yes, we touch on astrology kind of quarterly, I would say, but there's it's such a broader conversation. Elizabeth doesn't even know what sign she is. I don't. <laughs> I'm always like, what am I, Steph? She's really not I into can't, it. My brain doesn't work in retaining that sort of knowledge. detailed information. Yeah. But you guys are a health and wellness podcast. Yeah. One of the OGs. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. And I think it's a really epic thing. Would you say that for the people who are out there that are like, I think I'd have a great podcast to do it? Or would you say that the space is so saturated? Well, here's the thing. I think that both of us are not in the business of trying to thwart anyone's creative expression. So obviously, if you, you have been a politician, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. I would. No, but you're like so good at like giving me the answers. I'm not here to thwart anyone. But no, I mean, it's Love like, look, it. if you have an impulse and you have a creative desire, yes. definitely, I think like always follow that. I think that's super important. Do I think that every idea that you have will take off. Definitely not. I've had, we all have, I'm sure had hundreds of thousands of ideas and impulses and tried it, throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. If podcasting sticks for you, go for it. But definitely there's so many fucking podcasts and it feels like every corner I turn around, every person is starting one. How many Bachelor podcasts can there be? I mean, how many? It's insane. Yeah. And even every influencer has a podcast now. If you have an Instagram, you need to have a pod. It's like, fucking A, man. Not everyone needs to do it. That's, but look. Follow again, the Follow your heart. Follow see what call. happens. If people start listening, that's the indicator that you're doing something right. That you're doing the right thing. If no one's listening, yes. maybe try to do something else. Yes. My first 
day Simbari here. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> my first day here, I came to like that meeting you guys were in and Michael was like, every day on Apple iTunes, 25,000 new podcasts get uploaded into the thing. And I was like, it's like more Jesus babies. Christ. I'm like suffocating. <laughs> Less babies are being born than podcasts. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, but I think it's about looking at like what your unique offering is. Yeah. And obviously yeah. you have a really specific and beautiful and well-rounded lens in which you can speak to that is very specific to you. And I think if anybody is able to lean into that for themselves, then that's when it's worth exploring. If you're like, oh, those girls have a podcast about health and wellness. That's funny. That means I can do it. Cool. Great. Awesome to be inspo. But which, by the way, I have got a thorn in my side about that because it's happened. And also not for nothing, but like we did create that genre. So if you're doing a comedy wellness podcast, get in line. (laughs) Honor your, honor your like, grandfathers. Yes. <laughs> know who your yeah, ancestors Know your elders. <laughs> Respect them. I know. No, I agree. Yeah. I was going to ask you the roses and thorns for the end of this episode. And clearly Stephanie's thorn is people who aren't getting in line. Here's what it is. It's not even that like, it's more that I value authenticity beyond anything else. And I work extremely hard in my life to be aware of that. Like if I ever wrote a joke that I knew somebody else had like a sort of premise about, like I wouldn't do it. And it's like just always challenging myself to be true to me and follow that. So when I see people just kind of seeing something that's cool, and I know that obviously yeah. you think we both share that. It's like when, when I see someone seeing something that is cool and just like doing it because it's already done, it's like, yeah, someone already fucking did that. So find something else to do is mm. kind of my read on yeah, it. Yeah, I think what really gets our goat to say is like integrity f- for both of us yeah. is primary. So when you see somebody kind of like not leading with that, then that's automatically going to be thorny to us. Don't be a biter, motherfuckers. I have a real (laughs) hard time with this wellness boom that we're in Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, same. And us too. As us all sitting here being wellness podcasters, and I guess you could say influencer, even though, as Jackie Shum would say, my butthole clenches every time I hear someone. What do we hear? Oh, yeah. K-O-L in China. It's, um, oh, I can't we'll figure it, it out, but it's a way cooler name. So <clears throat> something about, of oh, fucking A, what is the acronym? It's incredible. It's great. It's we're way K-O-Ls. better. Yeah, we're KOLs. Okay, great. Yeah. Can't wait to join the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a real problem with it, especially um, when it comes to, okay, so backstory, obviously, like I said, I grew up with a mom who raised us in the, Yeah. Key opinion leader. Yeah. Key opinion leader. Isn't that so much better? Fuck. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. We're, I'm here for that yeah. moment. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I don't want to influence anybody. I just want to inform you guys and then you guys go make your own decision. Exactly. Correct. I'm going to give you my opinion. You go make your own decision. Beautiful. Sorry oh. to interrupt. Just no. had, that was an important thing but to put anywho, out there. Yeah. My mom raised us in the philosophy of Ernest Holmes' book, The Science of Mind, which created Ooh. basically The Secret. And the secret became like this really like pop culture moment when Oprah had it on. But it basically, and like I have a lot, I have like a bone to pick with that movie because it's me like okay. so corny. Is like, why did you joke to, about this? Didn't you? I used to have a joke about okay. it. I can't exactly remember what it was, but it's like 
I think I was really not into it. And then the scene where she walks in front of the jewelry store. I can't. And the necklace is like vibrating. And it's she's like, <laughs> she's like staring at it. Like she's going to eat it slash kill it. And then all of a sudden it's just on her neck. And you're just like, bitch, that is not, you just that robbed that jewelry store. It's <laughs> <laughs> not manifesting. No, but it was so corny. I mean, grateful for it because I'm, I think it did allow people to realize that they are really powerful mm-hmm. yeah. and that everything is energy. And we started having this conversation around quantum physics and power of thought and all of these great conversations that we need to be having. 100%. My problem is where now all these white people are doing like shamanic fucking ayahuasca ceremonies in Los Angeles and where this like (laughs) this this medicine and not to say I believe everyone can become their own shamans. I believe that the shaman that you're going to spend thousands of dollars for I remember my very first, like, most profound experience, I will say, was literally a year ago when I was in the depths of despair dealing with mental health issues. And I called my shaman, Uta, and I said, "Um, I need help. And she's like, okay, six sessions. You come see me for six sessions, and then that's it. And I was like, six sessions? Like, what's really going to get done in six sessions? But what she was saying was like, after six sessions, you'll be able to heal yourself. Yeah. yeah. We always say, be your own guru. Exactly. Like that's, yeah. that's the message, right? Like, and then through that, we're informing people with different ideas and tools to form their own toolkit to then go off and prosper, whatever that looks like for them. It's like, we're not here to tell you how to be. There's zero one size fits all. So like, let's all get that really straight. Because I think the biggest problem and what I would guess like what you're probably rubs you the wrong way as with us is that there's all these people out there saying they have the answer. Nope. If someone says they do, then you should automatically be questioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because what the answer for me won't be the same answer exactly. for you guys. But it is exciting to hear about what worked for you. Yeah. And that kind of can help inform the landscape of like what's available. I yeah. think what's more important than getting the answer is seeking it. Mm, yeah, the journey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's true. It's like the yeah. fact that you're asking the questions and wanting to unwind whatever the thing that's blocking you is or making you upset is, is ultimately going to get you there because of your own desire, not because someone hands you yes. a pill the, or the a key. vitamin or, yes. the cure or whatever, an ayahuasca. Yes. Even after you take your ayahuasca journey, if you do that, if you so choose, namaste. Uh, you're still going to have to go back into your fucking life and do, do the, work. the work to integrate. Yes. Yeah. So I guess my problem is that there needs to be. Oh, my God, Brian. Oh, my God. L.A. <sighs> can't handle it. No. Funny story. Um, I was in that police station and it wasn't until like literally a month ago that I realized oh <laughs> that I had been in jail there. Oh my God. <laughs> literally it wasn't until was like last picked month. picked a boyfriend up for drunk driving at the uh, Beverly Hills one. He mm, spent the night there. I'm like kind of serendipitous. What a, what a chic prison. <laughs> a real, a real <laughs> full circle. It was just like a holding, you yeah. know, and then you get sent to like the bad place. Yeah. But, um, okay, we're good. Yeah. Um, my problem I think it's fine. We're in, a, okay. we're in a coronavirus outbreak and also a rainstorm. So there's going to be a lot of go. sirens throughout this episode. Yes. <laughs> um, no, my problem, I guess, is that all of this work needs to be done with deep reverence and yeah. without whitewashing it. Yeah. And I think often it can really become that when everybody jumps on the like, I'm going to become a yoga teacher bandwagon. And so um, while I'm not poo-pooing on anybody 
getting into this work, I think you need to be very mindful of the people that created this work and you need to learn about it. And you need to have a, you know, we have this conversation about like privilege and about appropriation and stuff like that. And it's like, we need to be very intentional with the way that we're doing this work. Well, I think that's like with appropriation, the difference between appropriating and appreciating, appreciating, or I wouldn't use that word necessarily because it does sound like very obnoxious, but just the difference of, of it is the unconscious behavior. Like if you're wearing a certain type of clothing or doing a certain type of practice or whatever you're doing that isn't from your culture, that's fine. It's cool. We live in a global society, but if you don't have any idea of where it came from or why you're doing it, that's the problem. If you go into a kundalini yoga class, they're going to ask you to cover your head and wear all white and I will happily oblige. Yeah. But it's like, you need to know the reason yeah. behind that. Do you know the reason for covering your head? That. Well, and this is and an interesting- And the white, because it's awesome. Okay. You can- Please enlighten me. And then I want to have a comment about that. Go. So the, it's a helmet to protect your top chakra. Your head energy. Your head, and chakra. the white is to be light in the world. I love as that. As it was explained to, to us. To reflect the light. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, so it's such a beautiful practice. Like, it of is. course, that should be celebrated. Yes, it Plus, should you don't have be. to think about, you know, like dressing in the morning. You just like throw on a sheet a, and get the fuck out of the guess house. Guess <laughs> out of there, you know? <laughs> don't have to curl my hair. Yeah. Um, but do you know what else I think, though? <laughs> I'm appropriating being lazy by becoming a kundalini <laughs> yogi. <laughs> is, okay, we can all become kundalini yoga enthusiasts, but we also have to respect other cultures who also choose to cover their heads. Yeah. And so I have a real problem where we're like picking and choosing like what coverings are okay. Like the Jewish population covers, the nuns cover, but for some reason when people in the Middle East cover, it's like all of a sudden they're like terrorists and bad people. So totally. I digress. We're off topic. I wanted to get into each of your journeys, like how you got to this place because you're both young and Thank you. um for many <laughs> You know, we live in this society now. My husband was saying this morning, like, I have hope. Like, he's a he's Canadian. So, of course, he's, like, all for Bernie Sanders. And he's, like, gung-ho about it. And he's, like, this sucks. We should be sticking it to the man and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and he's, like, I have hope. Like, the younger generation. I'm, like, the younger generation, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I mean, the Greta's of the world, it's like amazing, but the vast majority of like influencers who are polluting this planet with like fast fashion and all of that, like it's concerning who are following the Kylie Jenner's who like, that's their like ideal. It's like, we need to be having more of this kind of conversation that we're having. So for a young person to really be in this work is not you know, it's not just like everybody's doing it. So I'd love to hear yeah, like, I mean, well, path. we always think that like the younger that we can get the information that we talk about and that you talk about to people, like how valuable would it have been for me to have the practice that I have now, which is really just like making space so that I can check in to like, if I need to meditate, if I need to move my body, if I need to hydrate, if I just need to listen to music or hang out and watch TV, like whatever that is, like for me, I'm just like, we need to make space to do that. If I would have had that information and those practices in place in my twenty in my early twenties, if when I was in college, can't even imagine. Would have skipped that Adderall addiction. Exactly. Or just popped right on over that. Popped right through that. <laughs> but I had to go through that yeah. to, you know, land where I was now. So to your point about the younger generation, like our mission, I think in a broader strokes way, is to make this information as 
accessible as possible and feel like the entry point is anywhere and doesn't have to be like a certain level of buy-in, which I think is a huge stigma around like the health and wellness industry because A, it's an industry and there's a lot of consumerism involved with that. But we're always saying like breathing, moving, smiling, sleeping, all free, you know, (laughs) hydrating. You know, for me, like, unless you get the good water, high rising spring. Right. (laughs) Spawn con. Um, Just a KOW. KOW. KOL. Sorry. Confusing KOL with POW. It's a tough (laughs) world for acronyms today. It's kind of the same. It's like a prisoner of wellness. (laughs) POW. I love it. um, But for me, like, I really came about this uh, whole world as a much younger person. You know, I'm in my mid-30s now, but um, as a teenager because I had health problems. And so I would love if what we're doing could kind of prevent that part. Like it, I went through what I went through because of like misinformation about diet, you know, misinformation about the way that like my body worked and my family history and all of these things that if I had known, I likely could have avoided uh, having to go through like years of anxiety and just bad physical reality. Cause I had a nutritional deficiency that I didn't know about for a long time and I couldn't absorb food and I couldn't absorb vitamins. And so like, for me, it was of necessity. And then when you're so tired all the time, then you end up on stimulants. And it's just like the whole thing fucking snowballs into a nightmare. All of a sudden you're like, I was 23 and I went home. My dad was like, you literally look green. Like what's wrong with you? Cause I was surviving on Adderall because I couldn't know, I didn't know what to eat. And I was like, I have to get up. And then of course you become addicted to Adderall cause it's a fucking drug guys it's a drug it's not like medication like they tell you so i hope that in what we do we could kind of get to the people before they are forced to choose a route that won't be wellness you know and i think the conversation is shifting around just like your people know now that like your your medical doctor might not necessarily have all the information for you which I think is crazy that it's taken us this long to get there because medical malpractice is in like the top 10 reasons that people die in the U.S. Yeah. Look, I was lucky because I happened to have a pediatrician at the time who, when I had my B12 deficiency, looked for that. Do you have MTHFR? I do. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Do you yeah. have that? Yeah. So I oh have that. Oh my God. It's such a 40% of the secret Caucasian, society. Yeah, it is. 40% of the Caucasian population actually has the mutation. So I have that, crazy. but I had such bad acid reflux growing up that I gave myself a additional B12 deficiency through stripping mm. my stomach lining because of antacids, how many antacids I was taking because I couldn't eat anything without like Not to mention burning. the aluminum buildup. I don't even know about that. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure Vanessa, if you guys don't know, we're all yeah. big fans of Vanessa yeah. H. Gerald here. Yeah. If you're not on the V's honey train, you should get on it. I'm obsessed with her. She like saved my life. Literally yeah. saved my life. I needed to actually check back in with her. She's amazing. She is. Um, But what was I saying? Oh, about the, I was lucky that I had a doctor at that time who was like, I was like, you need to give me antipsychotics because I was so sick that I felt like I was leaving my body every single day. Like the, there was tingling in my hands and feet. I fully was like, I'm going insane. That's because what I Because a lack of B12 affects your nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. And I yeah. felt like I was going, like, I thought I was hitting an age where I was like, oh, I must just be bipolar psychotic person now. And I need medication. He's like, okay, before we put you on like sedatives which a lot of doctors just do. would do. He was like, I'm going to do like comprehensive blood work. I did like EKG testing. I did all of these things to go deeper. And that's how we found the issue. So that was like a unique 
doctor? I think it's, no, I think that just as many doctors who maybe lead people down the wrong path lead people down the right path. And I think that that is also a big misnomer in the wellness world is like, you can't trust modern medicine. I think modern medicine and science is so important to help us inform all these newer ideas. It is, but this was in 2002 or something like no doctor was like, take this supplement. And then also I recommend acupuncture. Like that was so kind of like rogue and in New York too. Like, I don't know. It just, I feel like I fell into the hands of someone who was asking more questions and you're right. We can't, obviously say that modern medicine, it saves lives every single fucking day. It's incredible. There's a reason why people live to be past 30 years old and it's because yeah. of modern medicine and, and clean water and, and clean, good food and all, and that all stuff. the things. But the developments of the modern world are really important. However, yes. it is hits a ceiling. Yes, it does. Um, I think it's interesting for me. I kind of, I, because I had so many resentments against my mom after I got sober, mm-hmm. I like totally veered away from all of that because yeah. I grew up going to Chinese medicine doctors. I barely ever saw a pediatrician in my like Hilarious. all of my childhood. Opposite problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it worked really well for me um, for a while. Um, yeah. I had a couple experiences in sobriety. The biggest one, I almost died. Three doctors misdiagnosed my pulmonary embolism as just breastfeeding pain when my baby was eight days old and I almost died. Um, So thankfully this amazing young female doctor in the emergency room um, saved my life. Wow. But you know that, and I was also having like psychotic episodes and was severely depressed and everyone kept diagnosing me with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety disorder. And while I agree that I did have that to an extent, um, I began trying to medicate for it and my body rejected every single medication that they put me on. They ended up putting me on, and I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast. So this is where like modern medicine did save my life because I was suicidal because I was having 16 pan- 15 to 16 panic attacks a day. Like it would range anywhere from like nine to 16, but it was like to the point where I couldn't parent. And so they put me on um, a benzo for six months while I started working with a naturopathic MD. So she does both. So she's a medical doctor and a naturopath. Yeah. And that ended up saving my life because she found my MTHFR mutation. That creates a lot of anxiety and depression. Exactly. So I was so deficient in folic acid and B12 that what do you know? When I started supplementing, all of a sudden things started to get better. My hormones were off from giving birth and breastfeeding. I was just dealing with And when you're pregnant, your baby's like sucking sucking the life out of you. So I was deficient in magnesium, which can also really affect your mood. My vitamin D levels were low. And then I also had um, co-occurring infections. I had a mold infection. And then I came back super high levels of mercury and aluminum, which made sense because I used to smoke heroin off of aluminum (laughs) foil every day. So that totally made sense. But um, wellness. So it's like, but that medication gave me that grace period to not kill myself or be institutionalized and to start on the path. And so thank God that we have that. It's definitely a balance, but I always say that we have to start learning to trust our intuition and to have the really hard conversations around the way that we eat. And I know it's very taboo and it's so, you get a lot of backlash when you start talking about diet because we're in this space of the body positivity movement and it's a really touchy subject. And, and so it's hard. I feel like I always have to explain, and I don't know if you guys feel this, that like, I understand the socioeconomic component to like obesity 
Sure. But it's a conversation that we need to be having that like the foods that we're feeding our kids and food dyes and all this stuff is dangerous and harmful. It's not about being skinny. It's like sugar is fucking bad for you. It gives you fucking diseases. Too much of it is toxic. So it's like, yes, the side effect of not having too much sugar is maybe being a little bit thinner, but it's also your digestion gets better. Your skin gets better. Your energy levels get better. Like so many things change. And so it's like, I get mad when our audience is like, you know, kind of shaming us for like using the word diet, but it's like, we're not talking about it in the sense of like fucking Suzanne Summers or yeah. whoever. Yeah. Also, rest- they'll love those books. <laughs> yeah. No, she was not. She was a, and she was like, she was a KOL. She was a KOL time. of the low sugar before anyone else. Was. But it's because like, even like when I eat too much sugar, I get bloated, but it hurts my stomach. Like I feel ill. And so I think that it's important to be able to say like, I'm changing my diet because I don't feel good. and maybe losing some weight will help me feel better, but it's not the same thought process as now I'm being controlling and restrictive and I'm trying to subscribe to a type of body that makes me feel like I'm not worthy. I don't think we're doing a, I think we're doing a disservice by saying that the opposite reaction to all of the being thin and all of the fitspo right. <laughs> lifestyle is to just say eat and drink and do whatever you want. Right. Well, look, I think the Happy at Every Size movement is fucking about time. Yeah. Like, we need to have, like, there's a real thing about, like, thin privilege. Amen. And that is one of the few, I think, things that hasn't really been demolished yet. And yeah. I think these movements are good, are the only way that that's going to happen. However, um... I think we also, as to your point, I think it's important to talk about, okay, like what a healthy balanced diet is in 2020. We're acknowledging that the food pyramid was uh, basically a hoax funded by the Kellogg company. I feel like bread is really, really, really <laughs> nutritious <laughs> like, and cereal and rice right, and pasta. But also I think it's super important to just enjoy life. So there's a lot of different yeah. components at play and there's a lot of messaging that we have to be really diligent at filtering for our own sanity and well-being. And it's about feeling good and being able to show up the best way you can. And I think accessibility is really important. And so if we can get accessibility maximized and like messaging about how you should look minimized, we're like in much a much better spot. Yeah. My argument is always we should move away from identifying with our bodies, period. Mm-hmm. That's the real solution there. Yeah. I'm not even against bread. I am now with the current like Monsanto wheat and everything. I do think that it is poison. Like there's no question 100%. in my mind yeah. um, that the way that we used to make homemade sourdough bread, <laughs> you know. But you can get that at markets same. and there are companies who do it. If you can afford it. Yeah. And that's the problem. Um, I was just talking to my husband this morning and I'm like, well, we use the reusable Ziploc bags. Um, I'm blanking on the stasher bags. Yeah. Hit me up, stasher. We love you. Love. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, how many people can actually afford a stasher bag though? You know what I mean? Right. Like it's much cheaper to afford just the Ziplocs or whatever, or the saran wrap than is to get the reusable. But, yeah. I, but I think it's a retraining because if you look at it, like how Ziploc bags also are kind of expensive. Like it's not a cheap to get like a big thing of them. But if you think about the amount of times you have to buy them versus getting the one time buy-in for that, it's just like a retraining of practices. Mm -hmm. And also that messaging needs to make its way into places that might not have that messaging as easily that like LA and New York does. 
Yes. That's very, very true. So it's about retraining and kind of like recalibrating systems, which is like a huge, huge fucking feat, but it's starting to happen. And I think that's the like a positive byproduct of this whole concept we're talking about of wellness is that it's starting to show people other behaviors that are actually in the long run going to be more mindful around spending and better for the environment and like therefore better for us as a whole. Yes. That's Amen my soapbox. That. Hi. <laughs> We're running. We're running. 2020. We're running. <laughs> We're on it. Yeah, we need to run for local government. The yeah. three of us. I'm going to be mayor of LA. Yeah. <laughs> mayor of I, Hollywood. I feel like that could happen. Yeah, I would love that for you. <laughs> oh yeah, my same. God. The homeless population situation that we're dealing with right <laughs> now. We should dive into coronavirus for a second just to like really end this podcast on a high note. Okay. Um, Wellness. No, it breaks my heart how the homeless population that we're dealing with here in Los Angeles right now. And I was thinking about that on the way here, like as I was seeing people run from the rain, you know, and trying to find shelter, like all of these people are probably going to get coronavirus and like die because they're so malnourished. Yeah. It's really, really fucked up. Well, yes. I think it, obviously this, this coronavirus is offering Let's like rose it for a bit. Like this a one? Is there another yes. one? Okay, so it wait, is. but first let's talk about roses and thorns at the end. Is it the end of every yeah. episode? Yeah, like you guys do like the high and the low. Yeah. So, so the rose to the coronavirus. Okay, so I think it's offering, <laughs> and this isn't my concept. I heard this on Bill Maher and I co-sign on it. I agree with it. Love Bill Maher. Love. So unpopular opinion. I love that show. I do too. <laughs> and I don't think it's unpopular. I think a lot of people love him. And a lot of people don't. And a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. everyone. Exactly. True. So um, it's really providing a spotlight on kind of like all these ills we have. So the healthcare system, accessibility, the fact that people can't afford to leave work and take a day off for a sick day. So all of these social issues that we have that, for instance, are being talked about on the debate stage, but now we have like an actual tangible they're here they're here like we're experiencing them in real time right now and we can't look away so the homeless issue is another massive one that again corona is it's showing us like we have a huge population here in los angeles that doesn't even have access to even getting the information that could maybe help them i mean it's it there's a lot of messes Obviously. That's how I feel about Donald Trump. I believe that he was put here for us to wake the fuck Absolutely. up. It's time. Did Can't you see do it that? Anymore. This is a rose. Did you see that in in a, in a in the thorn? Obviously. Did you see the um? Yesterday he did like the press conference about coronavirus in the White House, and he they like were running audio and video before and after, and he didn't know about it. So there's like this whole thing oh where he's like God. sitting on the desk with like a binder, clearly has nothing in it, puts it to the side and goes like, oh, wait, does it look better with the binder in front? Oh. What looks better? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then he's like, oh, wait, I have a stain on my shirt. And then he t- spends like 20 minutes talking about this. Like, does anyone have any white stuff to cover this? I keep in touching it? my fucking face. Yeah, that's the worst part. I keep touching I'm my face. I'm such a face I've toucher. touched my face a hundred times in this podcast and I keep ripping my hands away. From yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the biggest thing. Um, the But yeah, f- who cares? Fuck him. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> but it's just kind of funny how it's like even the people in the position of media inside the White House, staffers inside the White House, they're not even trying to hide it at this point. No. They're like, look at this fucking dipshit. Yes. Like you're, they want us to see that. I feel like, cause it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of fucked up. Cause it's like, it's so comical that I don't even know. I kind of feel like, yeah, hands up. 
I surrender to this clown show. I don't really know what we can really do other than just the voting thing, but he's not, yeah, hearing the lies that he's saying about this this virus is really, really, really sad. Acting like In everything's just an good. I feel like he has it. Did you see that? Ass. Did you see that he- I saw the whole thing. That with he the Brazilian was, president? Yeah, I saw it. He's gonna get it. Did you see that? He like had a meeting and a dinner with the Brazilian yeah, president who fucking has coronavirus. Then that asshole fucking NBA player, did you see what he did? Oh my God. He, Go off, girl. I, it, it's actually <laughs> disgusting. So he, they did a press conference because he was sick and they were like, he was saying like he doesn't have it and it's like not a fear worth worrying about, whatever. And then they end the press conference. And then before he leaves the little area, he walks back and touches literally everything, oh, all the mics, all the recorders why? to be like a, a fucking dick? antagonistic dick. Oh. Two days later, he has coronavirus. Oof. Like, it's not oh, fucking funny, you privileged piece funny. of shit. Like, that's <laughs> fucked up. It's not funny. It's really sad. We're in a very challenging time. And I feel like this is a moment where we're, like, up against our edges. And it's, like, the time to to create action is now. And hopefully everyone who listens to my podcast is starting to wake the fuck up. And I know everybody who's listening to yours is. Do you guys ever get political on your podcast? I do quite often. So, I don't care about the backlash. Well, I don't I, give a shit. No, we I we talk politically. For me personally, like the president who's in office right now is being he's so clearly a narcissist that I think talking about him and mentioning him just like gives him a hard on. So I try to avoid that personally because it's like why feed into that. But um, yeah, we we talk about everything. Did you see Whitney Cummings tweeted? Um, <laughs> I mean, Tom Hanks would be the person to play the guy in the movie about the coronavirus. <laughs> just, he really would. So funny. We can't lose you, Tom no, Hanks. No, I think he's going to be fine. You. He's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that the biggest thing is having a healthy immune system. And that is something that we as individuals can all take personal control over. And social responsibility yeah. for if you're sick, not to fucking... Like, here's the thing. As I'm here with my tickly throat. I don't have coronavirus, though, guys. I get upset <laughs> because it's like, look, on one hand, I get that, yeah, you're not really super sick. No. You're, you're not sick at all. No, like, not sneezing and coughing everywhere. And it's hard. I think the thing that I feel compassionate for is that it's not that people are going around trying to get everyone else sick. It's that it's really difficult. And this is, like, why we all have shows. It's really difficult to give yourself permission to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And to admit that you need to do that. And I think that's why people are going outside with sickness because they don't want to admit it and they don't have the tools to just be like laying down and honoring where they're at. We have to be busy 24-7. Exactly. And so that's- Busyness the, equates to like value in 2020. It's just, Do you agree? Yeah, it's well, really disgusting. Yeah, but that's, that goes back to what I was saying, like my- Space. Space. Like stop being busy. How else are you really able to align with anything if you're constantly distracted or constantly in motion? You've got to stop. And I think that this is like a full stop for our society right now. Giving you permission to self-care. Yeah. Coronavirus. Coronavirus 2020. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to wrap. Until next time, guys. Thank you guys for coming on so much. I really appreciate it. Where can everybody find you? Do your individual handles and then the 
collective and where everyone can listen to the podcast? Well, we as a collective are at So Retrograde on um, Instagram and Twitter. Our website is thatsoretrograde.com. You can download on Spotify and iTunes and I don't know wherever else you find your podcast. I just started listening to them, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> <We're new. laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm S. Simbari on Instagram, Steph Simbari on Twitter, and Elizabeth is at Elizabeth Cott. K-O-T-T. Yes, which I thought was not until So does <laughs> everybody. Week. Join the party. It's kind of funny. It's like Cut a phantom like what end. what you sleep on, you know? Yeah. But with a K. <laughs> she doesn't know how to spell. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. This week's affirmation is, I am successful in all of my endeavors, and so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday, and you can follow along with us on Instagram at recoveringfromreality, or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 